0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: What did we learn in a win last night? Aaron Rodgers, another brilliant performance. Patrick Mahomes didn't need a brilliant performance. And maybe, just maybe, even in a loss, playing with two quarterbacks that nobody would want on their roster, the New England Patriots have signs to be bullish. Their defense was terrific, held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the old world offense in check. No touchdowns in the first half. No Cam Newton possibility, maybe, to return Sunday on the short week. The Pats will have the Broncos. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. We're asking a question this morning to the uh, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on Twitter, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, nation. essentially. Zubin Nation. The Nation. It's uh, Chiefs or Packers. Both 4 0, both great quarterbacks, both with an opportunity. Clearly, it appears to be the front runners in their respective conferences. Who do you think has a better chance to make the Super Bowl after a quarter, quote-unquote, a quarter of the season has been done? We want you to hit us up, Key, J, and Z, say it slow, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. 74% of you guys weighing in on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed have said the Chiefs. But you know me, I always love the contrarian. So at... Gark Allen Myers, at Gark Allen Myers, just Gark, hit us up. not dark.
2: Gark. Gark with okay. a G.
1: Right. Hit us I'm up seeing... on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and said, <laughs> Both. That's the front-running Super Bowl matchup. That's actually not a cop-out because obviously both of them could be in Super Bowl 55 in Tampa uh, to see who is the champion of this crazy 2020 season. All right, guys, why don't we get your answer to that? We've had everybody weigh in. Once again, you can do so. Key J. Anzi, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Chiefs running away with it right now.
3: Well, look, they, they beat the Pats without Cam Newton. Cam Newton's in that game. It's a different game all the way around. The Chiefs' offense may have looked different because the pressure that Cam Newton would have applied to them to be able to score more points than what they did to win the game. Um, You know, Green Bay is an interesting one. It's interesting because they're Seattle in the conference. Right. New New Orleans is sputtering alone, kind of sort of, right? You kind of they had a clunker, so people's like, ah! And Michael Thomas hasn't played. He should be back here soon. That team will be different when he comes and brings that energy and that play level that he brings. Um, When is is
2: that happening, by the way, since you have inside detail?
3: Uh, I can't confirm nor deny anything. Um, Thank you. You look at that. You also look at what are the Rams in that conference. So you start looking at Green Bay. You know, we, we think Chicago is fake. We don't think that that's a real three and one, especially after Nick Foles started in
1: Sunday. <laughs> seems to confirm that. Yes, <laughs> it turned into Nick Foles.
3: It 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 certainly seems like the NFC has an easier path, but it really doesn't. It's about even. You got about four teams in the AFC, and you got about four to five teams in the NFC. When you talk about Kansas City, the yeah. Pats with with Cam, Buffalo, Baltimore. Pittsburgh. So five teams. So you got about four to five that. Who who would give your, them some? Uh, who run are your teams the in the NFC? I would say it would be Seattle, Seattle, Green Bay, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Saints, Tampa Bay Saints. 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 Then who else? You Did put I say in Seattle there? already? Yes, mm-hmm. the Rams. So that's okay. about right. All right. So you know, so it's
1: about even. It's about even. I want to just get your thoughts on how good you think they could be when Cam returns. They're in your mix. They're in your mix. But that's the one that's sort of up can I, in the air. Can I say end. something? It's
2: yeah. just, I think we have to be careful when we just say Cam. It's Cam and his talent being additive to the genius of the NFL and Bill Belichick. It's the. I mean, I'm not saying that all teams aren't a combination. Bill, of the coach, Bill ain't but going still, nowhere though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. They though. without like, Cam,
4: that, and once Cam
2: I, comes back, that's what I'm saying. Though that's I, a different situation. A com- that's what I'm saying. It's completely different because what I saw from that game last night was a coach and a system that was in place that still could have got a job done against the best team in football. Like, they were on the verge. They could have won that game with Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham as quarterbacks for this team, which is shocking to me.
3: Best record, not best record, but one of the best records in football, uh, Kansas City, coming off a Super Bowl win. They really haven't lost anything. They gained some stuff by getting uh, a from from LSU in the running back spot who – it looks pretty good to me. Real good. <laughs> Last pick of the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks
2: pretty good. I'm calling him Clyde the Glide. Um, it pretty
3: good. But I think when you look at New England and you look at Cam, what he brings to the table, not only his ability, but to rally the troops, to get the guys to buy into what they're trying to do from an offensive standpoint. Change, major change from Tom Brady, where Brady dropped back passing. You knew what you was going to get. In terms of the short passing game, here and there, maybe there's a vertical seam route in between the numbers. Well, now with Cam, they can play all over the field. They can, they can, they can run the, they can run the, not necessarily the Wildcat, but they can run the RPOs. They can run the football out of traditional sets. They can use the tight ends. He can still deliver the ball to Edelman. Nikhil Harry's getting comfortable. You can clearly tell that he's starting to become a pro football receiver opposed to just a receiver. What does so, that mean?
1: What's the distinction?
3: Well, he he's playing like a pro. He's playing yeah. like he got drafted as a late one opposed to playing like a guy that just happened to have the logo.
1: And is always hurt. Yeah, is
3: you it? know, always well, I don't want to say always hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. And so, you know, now he looks like he's getting comfortable at being in the NFL. And keep think about this. Next level game,
2: next level game management. So, second quarter, when Brian Hoyer held on to the ball for way too long, didn't throw the ball out of bounds. Had a chance to make the game tied at six six. Cam is in the red zone. He's operating drastically differently
3: than Ryan Hoyer. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, he's he trying he, to call tie out without a time out,
2: <laughs> and then go go to the third quarter where they make an incredible drive down the entire length of the field. Like Cam can scat. In the pocket like that, it's not, he's not, not as mobile as Brian well, Hoyer well, on that strip
3: sack. Well, what happened is he would become more mobile than Brian Hoyer. He would be able to get out of his own way. Exactly. I think what, what happens in this situation is Cam applies more pressure to the defense because of his ability to run, escape the pocket, keep his eyes downfield to deliver the football to guys that are open. Where Brian Hoyer, it has to be perfect and clean. Any type of stress you saw, it became chaotic for him. Like, literally before the half, the dude tried to call a timeout instead of throwing the ball in the stands. You are taught, and there's no – you can't tell me that those coaches, when they delivered that message to him, you can't tell me that whoever relayed that message, the play from the sideline, didn't say to him as a tidbit reminder, we got three. We got three. You can't tell me they didn't say that. And then – he takes the sack. So it's, it's it's like, I see why they pulled him. I see why they pulled him. Because Stedman didn't play better than Hoyer, the little bit that he played. He didn't play
1: better than him. Neither one of them distinguished no, themselves at all. No, alike.
3: not at all. But they were mad at him for tricking off points. And you are not supposed to trick off points when you're a quarterback of a team. Your job in the red zone is to lead your team to scores. That's, That's what it. you
1: said was the distinction last night to Jay's point. He could move it, quote-unquote, between the 20s, but when Stidham had to make a play or Hoyer had to make a play to get points,
3: they just couldn't. Well, Jared Stidham on the touchdown fade to uh, uh, Nikhil Nake, Harry. Yep. Why would we be messing up the names, man? <laughs> You're the one messing N- up. Nakel, why you say we? No, but I was, I'll tell you why I said we. <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Pac-12 kid. Pac-12 12 kid from Arizona, from Arizona State. State. When he threw the fade, that was a perfect throw. That was That is what you dial up. As a coach, you say the back of the pylon, buckets throw, he went and got it. That showed something in Jared Stenham. It showed that, okay, this is a guy that can do these sort of things. The problem is they didn't do them enough. When they had opportunities to put points on the board, and I go back to the field goal. You go in at 6'6", six, six, you now are approaching the second half as a Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, different. I'm up three. I could approach it different. Three points is a lot of points. No doubt. People don't realize that when when you go into that locker room and they say, we're up by three, this is what we need to do, opposed to we're tied, let's not uh, uh squander this opportunity and have them feel like they're in the game. Those are the conversations that take place at halftime when you're trying to make those adjustments.
1: And think about where you are. You would go into halftime all knotted at six and having made sure that the most prolific NFL offense we've seen in years would be held without a touchdown. Can you imagine the mojo, the momentum you'd go into the locker room with if that was the case and then they don't get it?
3: Well, you're not afraid if you're New England, right? You're not afraid of that offense because Mm -hmm. from a defensive standpoint, Little Belichick's son is part of the defensive staff. Steve was was dialing up, calling Little Belichick. <laughs> you know, when you have a relationship with it when they're young. It's like ah, a little bill, but it's it's somebody who knows that what we need to do from a defensive standpoint is disrupt the timing of the receivers in Kelsey to tie it in. We need to put our hands on him. We need to make the quarterback pull the ball down, no matter who he is. But the problem is when you made Patrick Mahomes pull the ball down, he scampered because you got out of your lanes. You didn't. You were not. You were not. Um, you were not Focused in on being disruptive, what you were doing was leaving gaping cavities for him to pull the ball down and say, "Okay, nobody's there. I can scamper for 15 yards." I wasn't disciplined on the defensive side. That killed him as well.
2: Um, Why did you say we mess up names? No, again? no,
3: we, because we we. I'll, I'll explain to you. It's it's a us thing, man. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, it's an oh, us oh. thing. Got it. Yeah, Alan can probably explain it's an us it, got it, got, it's got, it. Yeah, got we can, it. It's we all can coming together up. now. We can mess up got some shit. We can
1: mess up some stuff. I got it. Yeah. Last word, it's 2020. <laughs> we can say that you can't, Zubis. <laughs> That's also true. Last word. It's 2020. The Bills are four and zero, and the Pats are looking up at them at two and two. Everything this year is turned upside down. Keyshawn J. Wilson is presented a minute, by I got Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together, so you can save on both. Learn more progressive or one eight hundred Progressive. I'll see you guys at the human resources offices right after the show. I, I didn't say I got, anything. Oh my God. <laughs> my HR on standby. HR, on standby. HR on standby. We'll right. do a Zoom yeah, what, HR. Uh, let's do a little We're baseball. Just calling <laughs> K. I, I, I know. it got to get people nicknames. Yeah, moms, moms, man. Come on, man. Stop. No. Stop. I'm not going to stop. Demo. (laughs) How about we stop and talk a little baseball?
5: (laughs) In the National League, it's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres. I think in years past, we've had great teams.
4: We've also haven't won the whole thing yet.
0: The playoffs in general are nothing to take lightly.
4: We know we would have to go through these guys to get where we want to be, and that's world champions.
0: I'm playing in the playoffs. you got to feel that
5: spark on bayou. No matter what, it feels good to be moving on to the bubble in Texas.
1: You better believe it feels good to be moving on. Baseball playoffs get going tonight. Yankees, home Still run Let's go, Padres. Barrage. Padres. <laughs> we'll talk about them in a second. Padres getting ready to take on Keys Dodgers. Game one, it'll be on ESPN Radio 915 Eastern. It'll be our final first Jeez. pitch of the day. Everybody that's still left late (laughs) in the hunt for October will play today. Miami and Atlanta, Houston and Oakland, the Yankees and the Rays, and then the Padres and the Dodgers. That's it in chronological order. Once again, every single game on ESPN Radio. And Key, since we just heard about the Padres and the Dodgers, why don't you take it away with our Jeff Passan, who joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. He joins us from Arlington, where eventually they will crown a 2020 World Series champion. Key, what do you got for Jeff on your Think Blue?
3: Well, hey, hey, Jeff, how you doing, man, this morning?
5: Uh, listen, there's nothing like joining a program right after people are talking about HR on line one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called, called time. perfect timing. All Jeff. kinds of confidence that I'm coming in at the perfect time. No, hey. you're,
3: you're you're good. We're not uh, Z. Sometimes we got to get him over there with us. He's too far the other way. We just we're working on it, Jeff. We're gonna loosen him up a little bit. Coming from Sports Center, so he's a little little wired up. Some that's all.
5: But uh, I, I, this, this is this reminds me of of what my younger son tries to do to his older brother. Hmm. He's like, come on over here. Let's have a little mischief. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's exactly That's, who Keyshawn is, Jeff. Let's, let's, I mean, you know, let's go ahead and light the house on fire. What could go wrong? <laughs> nothing bad's going to happen here.
3: Jeff, you're in Arlington where the Dodgers are trying to continue to move forward to the World Series. What did you see? From them in the wildcard series?
4: What I
5: expected. I mean, they're they're the best team in baseball and they look like the best team in baseball. But they were also playing a Milwaukee Brewers team that uh is not the best team in baseball. You know, they finished under five hundred and they did so without the same talent that, say, the Houston Astros, who also were a sub five hundred team, but now we're up one nothing in their division series half. so uh the, the dodgers played according to script and now the script has the opportunity to get flipped a little bit because they're playing a much more talented team in the san diego padres and uh a, a group of players that uh doesn't doesn't have the you know much love lost for them it's it's the beauty of all four of these series to me it's like Uh, Yeah, all of them ended up within divisions, but all of them also feature matchups of teams that really don't like each other very much.
2: Jeff, you you may mention of your sons talking about, let's get into some mischief, burn down the house. Speaking of burning down the house, the Astros are just playing out of their mind. I mean, they talk about three home runs last night, 16 total hits. What are we watching happening right now?
5: Jay, we are watching talented baseball players play good baseball. It's not like what we're seeing is completely out of the realm of possibility. It's just that the Astros during the regular season didn't show this very much. And and yet, if you look at it from just a, a knowledgeable baseball perspective, A 60-game stretch during a season, it's not a long time. These guys are used to playing 162 games. And so you can have a stretch of 60 games where a talented team doesn't look as talented as it actually is. Or, Or when a team that's not all that good kind of plays out of its mind. And I'm not saying that the Astros are world beaters by any means. What I am saying is that when you have a lineup that includes George Springer and Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa, and say what you will about how he played during the regular season, because it's a hundred percent true, Jose Altuve and and you know Kyle Tucker, guys of that ilk, you can put up some runs. And the way that they have pitched so far this postseason uh, has been awfully good and the, the beauty of these short series for the teams that are pitching well is you don't need a lot like the worst team can win one of these series very easily the longer it goes on you know the we're going to be seven games in the in the league championship series and seven games in the world series uh, the longer the series the less likely you have of an upset but in something like this, when you look at the Astros and the A's, the A's were clearly a better team during the regular season, but that doesn't make them clearly a better team during this postseason.
3: Jeff Pass an ESPN senior MLB insider joining us for now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. <laughs> Short leash, Jeff. Short leash. Um You look at the Yankees, those bats really got going in game one for them. They took a... One to nothing lead. They were down they were up five to three to Grand Slam. How did that happen and what did you see? What are you seeing out of the Yankees?
5: I'm seeing the Yankees team, Keyshawn, that at the beginning of the year everyone thought they could be. And they showed flashes of it here and there during the regular season. You know, there there were moments where they hit nineteen home runs over three games and you're like, oh my God how is anyone going to be able to stop these guys? But there were also moments that they absolutely disappeared. And and perhaps it's just me being professionally skeptical, but I'm wondering when the Yankees are going to disappear, not, not if. I, I feel like a team like this, it's difficult to stay hot over a sustained period of time. Now, if they do, guys, You know what we're looking at? We're looking at World Series champions. That's Mm -hmm. how good they've looked so far, 12 runs, 10 runs, 9 runs. No matter how much pitching problems the Yankees do have and how many depth issues uh, comprise their lineup. Look, we're going to see them win games if they put up crooked numbers like that, if If Giancarlo Stanton, who's homered in every playoff game this year, keeps hitting like he does. I'm not trying to be like the wet blanket here. I've just seen the Yankees be so good over short periods of time and then disappear right after that that I'm sitting here admiring what they're doing but saying, I don't know if they're going to keep this
1: up. It's a great point. Michael K., the voice of the Yankees, was with us last week and said the same thing. You mentioned the 19 home runs in three games against the Blue Jays, Major League Baseball record, and then they go immediately into a funk. It's been a yo-yo season for sure. Everybody that's left in the chase, the hunt for October, plays today. First pitch at 145 between the Marlins and the Braves, and then Keys Dodgers and the Padres wrap it up tonight at 915 Eastern. All four games, on ESPN Radio. So we'll have the NL bookend it, first and last, and then the AL scrunched in the middle. And I know Jeff will be watching every single pitch. Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Join us
5: next week, Jeff. We'll be here.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Say it confidently.
5: Uh, I was going to say, you sure about that, bro?
2: (laughs) We hope the house is still up. We hope it's not burned (laughs) out.
5: That's baseball's
1: best insider. Thank you, Jeff. Good to see you. The Yankees' 11 home runs in three games so far this postseason is proof that when Stanton and Judge are healthy, the Yankees are unstoppable. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Penzoil's synthetic motor oil is made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Still to come, there have been plenty of occasions and plenty of things Lane Kiffin has said to make Nick Saban really, really mad. But his latest statement is going to make Saban smile. Paul Feinbaum here to discuss that next. We're on ESPN Radio and smart speakers everywhere.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more.
0: Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin the podcast
1: Welcome back inside Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. It's one of our favorite segments of the week when Paul Feinbaum joins us, the voice of college football. Yes. For so many, covered this sport for 40 years, and Paul is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Paul, good morning. I'm going to start with two guys that used to, of course, be... On the same sideline, that would be Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin now at Ole Miss. Nick Saban continuing to have it roll at Alabama with Kiffin saying, as they're prepared to meet this weekend in Oxford, 6 Eastern on ESPN, saying this is Alabama's best team he's ever seen. Quote, as far as being balanced all over and not having holes, Anywhere, Obviously, I think we know what this is all about. A little subterfuge before we get to Saturday. What do you make of those comments and the fact, Paul, that it's 2020 and Hurricane Delta is going to have a force in this game as well, expected to be sloppy all over Oxford Saturday?
4: Yeah, D- Delta might be the winner uh, Saturday. But Lane Kiffin, of all of Sabin's assistants, and we all know how many there are and how successful, is one of the few that can get under... Nick Saban's skin. So that's exactly what Lane is doing uh, when he worked for Saban. Saban told a friend, I feel like I've got a 16-year-old here sometimes I'm trying to manage. And Kiffin is taking advantage of that. But other than uh, Kiffin winning maybe the war of words, I don't think there's much else he can win. Uh, The weather could slow Alabama down. The Mac Jones passing attack has been downright brilliant. But uh, this is a mismatch uh, uh, under almost any conditions, including hurricane conditions, uh, Zubin. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too close, but uh, the uh, the before and after conversations between Lane and Nick Saban might be the most entertaining thing we see Saturday. Let's move a little
3: bit over into pro football, but stay in college at the same time. Um, when you look at Dalbo Sweeney, you look at the firing of Houston's Bill O'Brien from yesterday and Dalbo Sweeney's out there with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, such high praise when he played for him. Is there any opportunity or chance that you could see him bounce at the end of the year and look to the pros? It's,
4: a, it's an intriguing question. I don't think so. Uh, certainly Deshaun Watson is Dabo Sweeney's uh, famous uh, – most one of his most favorite players and the player that really put him on the map. Um, but but I, I just don't think Dabo wants any part of that. And, and And just all you have to do is look at O'Brien's past. I mean, moderate success – and he's gone uh, before we get to the second weekend in, in October. And, and Dabo Sweeney has one of the greatest jobs in the world. He's making $9 million a year. He lives in a comfortable small town where he is the king. Nothing really is going to change that. Losing a national championship l- year last year didn't really affect anything because he's won two And between 1981 and uh, and five years ago, Clemson had not won any. So that's why he's so important. And he's also recruiting as well as anybody in the country, Keyshawn. So to give all that up, to go to the NFL, to just be another coach. And and you and I both know that's what he will be. Nick Saban tried this uh, about 15 years ago. And he really did not stand out in his two years in Miami. If Nick Saban can't stand out, uh, Davos Sweeney knows he probably can't. Uh, He would bring some energy uh, to the NFL, but, but I, I think the chances of him going are infinitesimal.
2: Paul, his $9.3 million salary would make him the fifth highest paid NFL coach if <laughs> he actually were to go into the next ranks. But, look, they, they struggled a little bit against North Carolina last year. Clemson gave them a run for their money. Are, are, is North Carolina even a bigger threat against them this year, Coach Mack?
4: They could be. Uh, I mean, this is a really interesting game Saturday night. Uh, Luke Campbell just tweeted at me saying that uh, Miami is going to win the game. But you know, when was the last time Uncle Luke was right? So I, I just I don't see it happening. I think it's intriguing. Uh, King is really a good quarterback for Miami. I think it will be interesting. And, and, and Clemson has not been great so far. The competition uh, has had something to do with that. Uh, but I think, I think North Carolina will be a major test and don't forget about Notre Dame as well. That's the second Saturday night in November. And that's probably, uh, looming as one of those two or three biggest games of the year in college football, which will also include Alabama hosting Georgia next week. So, uh, uh, what Matt Brown has done, and we'll we'll save this maybe for uh, that weekend, uh, what, what he's done at North Carolina is is phenomenal, and he's really done it in, from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, he he showed up in, in Chapel Hill a year and a half ago and immediately started beating people for players that were going to Clemson, that were going to Georgia, that were going to Alabama and elsewhere, and that's really what's uh, lifted his program up.
3: Paul, let me ask you this, and, and I know you have a pretty good take on it. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M was brought in in the middle of the night to replace Kevin Sumlin, who was fired and went to Arizona later on at Texas A&M. Paid him a handsome ransom to be competitive. That has not happened at all since he's been at A&M. Who's to blame and what's the problem?
4: Well, there there are a lot of reasons for that. And and, and I I think for the most part, uh, it it took him longer to get established than, than maybe fans expected. In defense of Jimbo, and you rarely hear me doing something like this, Key. Uh, his schedule last year was virtually impossible. Uh, he had uh, he had everybody who was anybody on the schedule from Georgia to Clemson to LSU and Alabama. So there was really virtually no chance last year was going to be the breakout. But the problem this year has been the quarterback play of, of Kellen Mond. I mean, they they. They lost by 28 points against Alabama Saturday, and I heard from some fans yesterday who said, well, you know, it wasn't all that bad. I mean, that, that's not why you pay someone $75 million. So what does it mean? Saturday is critical. Uh, I'm not saying Jimbo Fisher is in danger of losing his job, because he's not. It's, uh, the buyout would, uh, would be astronomical. And in Texas, sometimes it really just depends on the price of oil that day, whether you want to spend the money or not. But um, Again, against Florida, Florida's coming to town, uh, they're riding high, they're, they're playing as well as anyone around, and if Florida walks in there and, and beats them and it's not really close, I, I think the pressure will start to intensify, especially from a recruiting standpoint where he has done very well. And he's also missing a golden opportunity, guys. Tom Herman is failing at Texas. Uh, he's failing to elevate that program to a championship level. I mean, they're, they're winning, but they're not winning like Texas fans thought. So the the, the greatest opportunity within the, the the most fertile recruiting base in the country is being missed on by, by Jimbo. And, and I think it, it it's not a serious problem yet, but it could become one.
3: Paul, you mentioned Florida. How impressive is Kyle Pitts, along with Kyle Trask, the quarterback for the University of Florida? And is he Kyle Trask, the the, the the quarterback, is he a Heisman finalist?
4: Right now, he could be. And what's so, so interesting about Kyle Trask is uh, he grew up in Texas. His family was were, were Texas A&M fans. He was the backup in, in high school to Derrick King, who, who went from Houston to Miami. And, uh, and he wasn't even supposed to be the starter last year. Uh, he has been brilliant. Uh, and, and right now, I mean, if you look at the Heisman polls, which I must say are worthless at the moment because we haven't seen Justin Fields play a down of football. Uh, those two are, are among the top three or four candidates right now. I mean, the, the two Kyles in, in Gainesville are, are pure money, but, but Trask could be uh, Heisman, as we all know, very much depends on your your team. Uh, and your ability to separate yourself, and he could easily do that with, with a big game Saturday. Uh, next week, Florida has LSU, and at the end of the month, uh, they have the biggest game of the year uh, for, for them, and that would be against Georgia in, in Jacksonville.
1: Lastly, Paul, I would just say, to close, for all the heat that Jimbo is getting and for all the heat that Tom Herman has been under – Dan Mullen has just been absolutely spectacular. So when you talk about the Kyle to Kyle connection, I mean the guy was twenty-one and five in his first two years. They couldn't move the ball. It was fun and gun. He came back to Gainesville, and the action is back. They're so fun to watch. And so for all the criticism that those two guys in the Lone Star State are getting, that one dude in the Sunshine State has been absolutely unbelievable. Paul, thanks for wait, everything. Wait, wait, wait. Paul,
2: do you have anything uh, positive to say to Keyshawn about the Pac-12? Oh boy! Before we let you go. Just want to ask for a friend.
4: Yeah, the good news, Keyshawn, is uh, no one in the Pac-12 was upset over the weekend. So
1: that's that's <laughs> positive. Uh, Shots fired. And that's why I love you, Paul. Thank
3: you. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm going to leave it alone.
1: That means Paul wins, TKO. Paul, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.
4: Thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: (laughs) Great stuff. You can hear him every weekday afternoon on the SEC Network, Uh, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. He is one of the great, great dudes here at ESPN.
4: (laughs) Don't get mad at me.
1: We do have a great piece of news from the NFL, though, and I want to make sure we pass this along. This is really great news. From Diana Rossini, our NFL insider. Day two, all negative test results for the Titans, according to our sources. That means... A few days ago, they didn't know when they were going to open the Titans facility. They had, like, no idea when they were going to open the Titans facility. Mm. Now it looks like they can get back to practice at the facility tomorrow.
3: So what day, wow. what, what, what day? is this? Tuesday? It is Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. So they're fine. fine. Yeah. yeah. And They'll that, be able to play Sunday.
1: Indeed. They're playing the Buffalo Bills. It's a great game, right? Tennessee wow. and Buffalo. That'll be in Nashville. That game is indeed on this weekend. Music City Miracle. Well. Remember that's that? right. Man, you, Think kid. about the Music City Miracle, one of the greatest moments. Well, <clears throat> or depending on what side you're on. <laughs> you're a Buffalo fan. Yeah. Definitely not one of the greatest moments in history. But yeah, there'll be a lot of history, a lot of nostalgia when those two get back on the field. Look, in the the Bills are
2: trying to focus on the present. They're trying to stay positive. The 2020
1: okay? Bills. No, I just
3: said the Music City Miracle because they, they playing them. And, yeah,
1: that all. day, nobody rallied.
3: like Quite like the Buffalo
1: Bills. Not on that particular day. Frank Wycheck, <laughs> shout out if you're listening. Still to come, more NBA Finals talk. What are we expecting out of Anthony Davis tonight after his game three clunker? Key is fired up. We'll talk about it next.
5: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens?
0: Must be 21 plus and present in president select states. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tishon, Jay, Will, and Subin, the podcast.
1: A to Z with a little MLB. Yankees are on fire. Eleven home runs through their first three playoff games. Took care of the Tribe and took care of the Rays yesterday. Stanton hit a grand slam. Astros took care of Oakland. Those two series resume today and the NL Division Series begin today with the Marlins and the Braves and Keys Dodgers will host the Padres. Yankees looking good, Jay. Yankees looking
2: real good. Let's go Yankees. That's all. That's, that's it. All I say. Yeah, that's well, it. Just a little, little cheer.
1: What else is there to say with the way they've played? Look out. They got a 21 year old kid on the mound tonight. This is going to be really interesting. This young kid, Garcia. let will wait to see what happens. The Texans have fired their head coach and their general manager, Bill O'Brien. Key, you sort of seem to think having both roles probably played a role in that.
3: It, it certainly did. After, you know, seven seasons, he's gone 52 and 48. But you go back to last year in the AFC uh, division playoff game, they've been outscored 177 to 87. That's a minus 90 since that 24-0 lead against the Chiefs. I mean, in, in a lot of what he's done as a general manager ultimately affected his job as a head coach. Four division titles in seven years, you would think, okay, that's good. If it was college football, extension, extension, extension. It's not college football. Pro football, results, results, results. He did not give enough.
1: No doubt. And minus ninety means you don't win many games and obviously don't for they didn't. And lastly, game four of the NBA finals tonight, nine Eastern on ABC. Jay and the countdown crew at eight thirty Eastern to get you set. You can also hear the game on ESPN radio. It'll tip off at nine Eastern. Coverage on ESPN Radio. I'm going live on Twitter right 8 now,
2: giving people inside Eastern
1: oh. Twitter live with Twitter Jay, live, yeah. and we're live Mid-show, here. Show, yeah, the South Street Seaport. Keyshawn J Zo. I'm gonna I'm
3: watch Jay Will tonight. The NBA coverage on uh, ABC? ABC, right? ABC, right? ABC, 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 ABC eight thirty. ABC. ABC. I'll be able to watch those nostrils.
1: Oh, here we go. <laughs>
3: I'm just gonna start flaring
2: them.
1: We got to reconfigure this head. I need <laughs> to sit between you two. Guys. Them things
3: <laughs> were so big, you could stick a pear up in there. Hey man, I got, I got. <laughs>
2: I got my COVID test here. I gotta tell you, man, it it, it don't feel right when it I gets told. To, I
3: told them they was giving this COVID test, and I was getting ready to get mine. I told them they should use it instead of a little Q-tip. They need to get a sharpie, the thick one.
2: Okay. Come on, man, with the nostril jumps in the morning. <laughs>
1: By the way, we all got COVID tests coming up at 10 a.m., so don't run out of here. We get tested here once a week. Safety first on Keyshawn. Keyshawn, J-1. always first. Just and like his Zoom. name
2: and the name of the show.
1: And he's not afraid to tell you that. No, <laughs> he's not. I go first. <laughs> well, Keely, you go first here. The Lakers can't afford another clunker from A.D. Otherwise, this thing may be knotted up at two by the end of the day. Well, night.
3: look, he's got to play like he did in game one and two to some degree. Uh, you know, shooting the ball nine times, getting stopped from getting his big butt on the blocks, it, it and turning into a... Two guard who wants to shoot jumpers, that's not how we're going to beat Miami. Because Miami's going to run many people at him to discourage him from getting on the blocks and force him into shooting from the elbow or shooting long threes. And that's not something now. Look, he's been able to knock them down, but we don't want to get into that habit like in game two where all of a sudden we shooting 15 threes, or we shooting 30-something threes and we are cl- clipping at a 65%. At, by the halftime, we shooting 65% into the game. We're at this point where now we're looking and we're saying, okay, we shot too many threes. This is the reason we got killed. K-I-L-T. We don't want to be, we don't want to be, yeah, we don't want to be in that, yeah, we don't want to be in that situation. And I think you don't want to put everything on Anthony Davis, right? You don't want to put everything on LeBron James. You need all of the cast of characters that come off the bench, the other four guys or three guys that start with them, the KCPs of the world, along with the Danny Greens and knock down their shots. Man, will you stop, man? So, <laughs> and, and, and so you, you, you want that to take place. Now it's all it, It's weird because it's all kind of on his shoulders. LeBron played. Okay. LeBron wasn't great, but he wasn't what? bad. And everybody, especially in LA, we're pointing to AD. We're like, it's you, because five rebounds to be that size, we just can't, we can't have it. Let Even the, though you went to the five and not the four, they move you to the five, you still got to dominate. Let's put this in perspective. It's 2-1. You
2: guys have a legitimate lead. Look how poor you guys played the other day. And look what kind of performance it took from Jimmy Butler, a 40-point triple-double, third time it's ever happened in NBA history in the NBA Finals. And Miami was able to barely win the game. You still were there to win. It was fourth quarter. It was like two minutes left. I think you guys took like a two-point lead to some degree. It was not two minutes left, probably a little bit higher. But so that's it takes – I don't see Anthony Davis having a performance like he had last no, game. No, he hasn't
3: had back-to-back
2: clunkers. I don't see that. I don't see LeBron James playing like he – Like LeBron James played well. He didn't play great. No, he played well. In between. And look, KCP, Danny Green – John Rondo didn't make a three-point shot. he shooting 45%. Now, granted, a lot of that is due to Miami's defense. But like I said, I don't know if I see Miami sustaining that level of play. Key, the amount of energy they had to exert to win that one
3: game. I understand. But the stress level, as you know, Jay, when you start to squander leads and get people, you know, all of a sudden that gap closes on the Lakers, things get tight. People start doing weird stuff, that's fair. playing that's different, fair. Playing, playing outside of the way that they've played the first two games, or even in the Denver series. You, you have to think about where you're at, and that's one of the reasons that LeBron James walks off the court with 10 seconds to go. Not because he didn't want to shake hands, because he's frustrated, he's sick to his stomach, that he allowed something like this to take place.
2: This is everything you need to know about Game 3. Kelly Olenek outplayed Anthony Davis. That's what you need to know about game three.
1: Olympic at 17, AD at 15.
2: There you go. Think about 17 that. and 7.
1: 17 and seven 17. 17 and 7. Yeah.
2: Right? So the big thing tonight, questionable, is their operative word for Bam out of Bayou. Right? Bam from out of the bayou.
3: Yeah. yeah. You're just trying to be <laughs> cute.
2: You know? So my thing is that if Bam is able to play, he gives him such a unique weapon. Eric to did a hell of a job combating. Dwight Howard or Myers Leonard. Whenever Dwight Howard's in the game, Myers Leonard was in the game. They canceled each other out. So now if you move AD to the five, what did they do? They got AD and foul trouble. Bam out of Bayou because they use him in so many pick and rolls, dribble handoff options. If he's in the game, it makes their offense so much more complex and more challenging for the Lakers to guard. And if they get AD and foul trouble again, that's how you have to beat the Lakers. You have to take one of their two superstars out of the equation.
1: He has a neck strain, by the way, if you're wondering. Shoulder, a
2: shoulder, which I, I hate in basketball. Basketball needs to be more like NHL. Stop actually labeling specifically what the injury is. Upper just body. see lower body, upper body injury. Because, Key, I don't, you have to figure this out in football. I know we did this in basketball. If I heard that your left shoulder is hurt, you're going to get hit with a random screen in your left shoulder. You're going to get an elbow in your left shoulder. There are going to be different times that you're going to get hit in your left shoulder. just
1: the way the game is being played. God. Uh, You hurt, you hurt. So Dragic also has a foot injury; he is doubtful. So once again, the injury report from Miami. To Jay's point, Adibayo, who's also suffered a shoulder injury in the postseason and a wrist injury, it's questionable. Dragic is doubtful. Key here in the last 30 seconds or so. Who besides A.D. needs to step up? Danny Green had a two-point game. They got really nothing out of Dwight Howard the other night.
3: I'd like to to be honest with you, out of all of them, I'd like to see Rondo Rondo. take it back to playoff Rondo. Because when you have A.D., LeBron, and Rondo cooking, the Lakers are cooking. How
2: emotional do you get watching the games?
3: Man, don't ask me questions you already had answers to. Wow. That was fiery. Because I don't (laughs) – it's like – yeah, I get sick though. When it started, to, when, when Jimmy Butler hit that last shot with about a minute eighteen ago, go, yeah. man, hand me that damn remote. I turned it off and threw it on the couch and walked out.
1: Still to come: Keys' real rankings with Tom Brady's old team and his new team right next to each other, but where?